This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is The History of Sex Toys. Yes. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, what you should know about female Viagra, and why first dates are going extinct. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who is a virgin and doesn't know how to navigate sex with her equally experienced boyfriend. And we've also got another listener with some BFF dilemmas. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She is a historian of sex and sexuality whose writing has appeared in a New York Review of Books, Bust, The Forward, and Inside Higher Ed. She is also the author of the book Buzz, The Stimulating History of the Sex Toy. The book tells the story of sex toys from ancient phalluses to 21st century vibrating rabbits. Please welcome Hallie Lieberman. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. So you've been interested in sex for a long time. When you were getting your PhD, you actually wrote your dissertation on sex toy history. What sparked your interest in the subject? Well, what was your PhD in, too? Oh, so my PhD was in mass communication, but my dissertation was on sex toy history. How did you pick that? Um, Well, I've always been interested, like, in sex toys, uh, but it goes back to like being a kid and liking to say the word penis over and over again. <laughs> um, so I knew that like it made people uncomfortable to talk about that, to talk about masturbation, and so that sparked my interest. And then um, when I was ten years old, I found what I didn't know at the time was a vibrator, um, and I found it in uh, this hotel we were staying in, and I thought it was a pencil sharpener. <laughs> And I uh, and I showed my mom and I said, "Look, mom, I found a pencil sharpener." And she's like, "Hallie, oh my god, don't touch that!" And it took me a while, and I found out like a few uh, I don't know how much later that it was a vibrator. So whoever had stayed in the hotel left their vibrator behind. Left their vibrator behind. We're clearly too uncomfortable to call the hotel to have it shipped to them. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it's uh, I would never do that in a hotel. It's such a prized possession. Never yeah. leave it behind. Never. Did you and your mom ever acknowledge later that that's what it was? Like probably not in for like 10, okay. 15 years. It took a while. It took a while. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and so how was the dissertation received from your classmates who were writing about I don't know, were they writing about, like, the history of the television in your mass communication? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, s- people were, like, freaked out by it a little bit. Um, so they were doing other stuff that was uh, fine but not uh, not super interesting to me. Um, but the best was, like, one of my dissertation advisors, he uh, he told me that he didn't like my dissertation because he dated liberated women and they'd never used vibrators so uh he told me that's why he didn't like it so that was like the by the best i mean worst uh response so his theory was that if you're a liberated woman you don't use a vibrator yeah oh that's interesting yeah Uh, (laughs) what a strange man (laughs) he actually passed away this is terrible and i shouldn't be laughing and then my mom made a joke that i killed him oh (laughs) 
R.A.P. Professor. What a way to go, though. Yeah. Um, so, and then didn't you, like, work sex parties for yeah. a period of time? Or not sex parties, sorry. You weren't, like, hosting. Maybe you were. But in your book, you talk about how you were, like, selling sex toys to, like, bachelorette parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't work. They aren't sex parties, but sex parties are great. And everyone yeah. should go to them. And I'm sure Brooklyn is full of them. Well, I don't know. We've been told by many, many guests on okay. the show. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, but uh, yeah, so I work selling sex toys at like Tupperware style parties. And um, so I started doing that in Texas, like in 2004, 2005, when it was illegal to sell sex toys in Texas. So that was kind of crazy. And that was my intro into like, wow, sex toys are a field I might want to study academically because this is crazy in the 21st century. These things are illegal. Someone from my company got arrested uh, while I was working. My mom thought I would be arrested. She called me crying, saying, I don't want you to be in jail. Like, think of your future. It was very dramatic. Yeah, that was one thing we found fascinating in your book, that like the pre-sexual revolution sex toys were actually illegal. But I, I didn't realize that they were illegal up until like the early 2000s as well. Why? Why? And has are that they, changed? Yeah, are there places where they're still illegal? Yes. So uh, Alabama... Still illegal there. Um, and then up until a few months ago in Sandy Springs, Georgia, they were illegal. Um, wow. And the reason why I think, um, so it has changed, but we the, still the fact in 2018 they're illegal anywhere in the U.S. is nuts. Um, and Europe thinks we're crazy. Uh, by in Europe, I mean like Germans because I lived in Berlin for a while. Um but why I think there's so... I'm sure Germans aren't <laughs> the only ones who think Americans are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right now I'm sure a lot of countries yeah. do. Um, but why I think they're still illegal in the U.S. is because they're about getting women off. And I still think we have this weird thing about female sexuality and female sexual pleasure. Like Viagra has not only been legal forever, I mean never been illegal but it's also been covered by insurance. It's had Bob Dole as a spokesperson. So very acceptable male sexual pleasure uh, is very sexual, very uh, acceptable in our culture, but female is is not. I know we have a sponsor, Adam and Eve. They sponsor our, our show and sell sex toys. I've never even asked them, like, can you not buy them in certain places? Like, I wonder if they can't ship because it's illegal. Well, I thought it was interesting. You said when you were selling them and they were illegal in Texas, you had uh, like a line that you had to say, right? That it was for like research purposes or something, right? What was it exactly? Yeah, well, I had to say, so one place I had to say it was for educational or research uh, (laughs) purposes. And then the other place I had to say it was for massaging those sore spots on your body or the man in the boat, which was our euphemism for clitoris. Yep, we've learned that. We have. <laughs> we played a game called uh, Slang for Clitoris, where we, we learned many. And I think, was, is Man on the Boat the slang that is also a movie? Might what? be. I it's possible. So. Um, yeah. So how far back do sex toys date? What was the first sex toy? Um, people debate this, but probably the first sex toys from 30,000 years ago uh, – uh, upper Paleolithic period, this stone phallus. Um, people debate whether it was used for sexual purposes or used as a spear sharpener. Um, but why? Wow, would you- those should never be confused. No, a spear that sharpener and painful. a phallic toy. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you're not sure is, uh, is uh, troubling. I guess over <laughs> the years they've dulled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Um, I mean, but it would be great if today we had things like that, like a knife sharpener slash uh, <laughs> sex toy. Um, but uh, but there's like really no reason you need to sharpen spears on a giant penis. Um, so it's likely they were used for sexual things. When I was in uh, the Czech Republic in Prague, I went with my friend to the Museum of Sex and they had like a display of like sex toys throughout history. And it was fascinating. And some of them were 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 quite intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> and like made of wood. <laughs> Which... Yeah, yeah. Wood's making a comeback because everyone's getting eco-friendly. They're people oh, whittling nowadays. Wood. Nowadays, yeah. See, yeah. I don't know the whole splinter thing. I found. Uh, I was like, oh, they got a lot of splinters in troubling place areas. Yeah, Thank God the- they're not made of wood nowadays. I how, didn't know it was making a comeback. How is yeah. it making a comeback? Do you like put a condom over the wood? Well, I don't own any, but okay. I know that they're not sold that way. They're sold like, oh, they're you know whittled down so that they. You know, splinter in your vagina. Yeah. Yeah. But I still, yeah, I still have issues with that. And I'm not jumping on the wood bandwagon, metaphorically or literally. (laughs) So you've obviously done a ton of research on this topic. Um, I'm curious to know what was the most surprising sex toy fact that you dug up? Uh, Okay. I would say the most surprising was that the um, idea that vibrators were invented to cure hysteria, the idea um, that was out there that that was a myth. That was the most surprising thing to me. Yes, I've always like heard that in pop cultural things. Like- I saw that from um, another period on Comedy Central, the with Natasha Leggero. They had like a a plot where they like the women were hysteric, were like going through hysteria, so they like were were getting them off right. to help with that. Right. Which like, how would you describe what they used to say? Women had hysteria. It was really just like emotional women, I guess. Yeah, like female trouble. So like anything could be classified as hysteria, like, you know, women being uh, moody or anything or women being sexual. Like it was just like... But it's kind of bullshit, right? It was bullshit. Yeah, absolute bullshit. Um, And so, yeah, that was the most surprising thing to me. But it's interesting about another period because on the Samantha Bee show, they had a similar thing where they told the hysteria story very recently. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was upset about that. Um, mildly. So, but in addition to, from reading your book, I learned in addition to treating hysterica, hysteria, they were also marketed to like clear up women's skin and soothe babies. Wait, what? They were masturbating babies? No. So you can explain. Well, you can, you can, uh, yeah. Um, they, in, thank God my baby's been born in 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, they did sell, vibrators uh they marketed them as things for babies to sue them but if you think about um those little things they sell like vibrating bassinets or something don't yes. they yeah yes. they do so it's a similar idea and you weren't supposed to put them on the baby's genitals yeah they were sold for babies for grandparents for mother for mother's day because they weren't sold in a sexual way they were sold as medical devices and beauty devices so they could treat like sciatica and cancer and I mean obviously they couldn't cure that but they would mark them as treatments in your book you also talk about how sex toys were only deemed acceptable when they were marital marital aids women were not allowed to use them by their by themselves it was considered taboo uh why why is that and how has our relationship with sex toys evolved over the years yeah, well, so, like, this is, like, even during what we call the sexual revolution, like, the 60s and 70s, 
sex toys were only acceptable if they were like these strap-on um, dildos and these strap-on hollow dildos, which they still sell today um, because this is pre-Viagra. So if men had impotence, some of them would do that, which it like broke my heart seeing these, you know, because like if you were impotent then, I mean, you had to strap them on, but whatever. Um, it was more socially acceptable because it fit into the heterosexual normative framework like that a man is supposed to provide sexual pleasure to his wife. The idea was... Um, they were literally called marital aids and a man is still penetrating his wife, giving her pleasure, but a woman masturbating with it, the man's out of the equation that scared people, especially in the context of feminism. I will say that in a sense it's progressive because it's like they, they were acknowledging that people were having sex, not just to procreate. Like I'm, I'm impressed that people were concerned about women's pleasure at that time. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I, also, I also have to say, like, it kind of all comes, like, full circle. I feel like now I mostly hear about, like, my friends using sex toys with themselves. And then if you're, like, brave enough to be, like, with your partner, like, hey, let's use this together, you know? Yeah, that's like, the irony. We've come, like, full circle where now girls are sometimes, sometimes afraid. Embarrassed to, to yeah. like to, like, present a sex toy in the bedroom to be like, hey, I kind of want to use this. Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Do you feel that way or do you notice that? No. Well, I don't personally have well, you, that. Well, a few episodes ago, you talked about <laughs> using the vibrator we got sent with Ian. With Ian. Yeah. He would have been insulted had I used it alone. And right. I was kind of like, let me use it alone. Go away. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We brought it into the bedroom. It was great. It was the satisfier. Do you know about the satisfier? Yes. Yes. I have the woman. It's like the womanizer, right? I don't know. It's suctions. Wait. It's, I think it is like the, made by Womanizer. Yes, I know that device. We're literally becoming a full-time Satisfier podcast. It's We're going to change the name to This why, is why you're Satisfier. We don't know why all sex toys don't suck instead <laughs> of just vibrate. Because it pulls the blood to the area. It's fantastic. So you're a fan. Like, I've heard differing viewpoints. What? About this. Who yeah. doesn't like this? It's a little intimidating, like the the look of it at first, because you're like, this is going to like suction my what have you? Off, what have you heard that people don't like? And it's so... It's so gentle of a section. <laughs> gentle lover. Okay, I was just talking to someone, and I uh, I like them. I like these devices, but I was just talking to someone at Liberator. Do you know the sex furniture company? We're furniture? Not, furniture. Yeah, it's manufactured in Atlanta, made local, great. It's been in, like, uh, Master of None. There was a Liberator piece in oh. there. We'll have to check them out. Maybe they'll send us a chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're great. Like, they have space for you to put a Hitachi magic wand in there. Wow. Oh. I don't know. We live in New York. We, I don't know if we have space in our apartments. That's for... true. You have to be very particular about every piece you bring in. Yeah. I don't have, like, a, a basement for uh, sex toy furniture that can fit. But anyways, so what were what, what, what did they have against the satisfier? Some people think it's, like, too acute, this feeling of suction. It's, like, too much or they have orgasms too quickly. It's, like, one minute done. It I mean, is yeah, true. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens very fast. But sometimes when you're a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we said, we live in New York, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I've never had a problem with, like, with like sure, if I come too fast. Well, I guess. I could just put the suction on the low setting. No problems. (laughs) True. You're right. All right, guys. Well, we're going to talk later on in the podcast more about modern day sex toys and sex tips from Hallie. For now, it's time for us to jump into what's in the news. But first, let's take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Beauty by Design. 
Beauty by Design offers complete skincare solutions curated by online estheticians. I said that word right, right? You sure did. Amazing. I'm so smart. You can get a skin diagnosis and precision matched products customized just for you right from the comfort of your own home. And that's exactly what Laura and I did. It was actually really fun. They're so knowledgeable. She was like, oh, let me know what products you usually use. So I just texted this esthetician a picture of my makeup and a picture of my medicine cabinet so she could see all of my products. Because I'm really into like all natural, non-toxic. There's certain chemicals I don't want and stuff. So she said, what chemicals do you not want in your products? And I gave it to her. She's like, just so you know, a couple items that I saw in there have mineral oil. And that was one of my chemicals that I, or products or ingredients that I didn't want in in any of my skincare. And so she's like, I just want to let you know. I was like, oh, thanks. That's really good to know. And then she, I told her about my problems I wanted to work on, which is like, you know, discoloration after a summer of getting, you know, especially being pregnant, you can get like blotchy. And so she picked out three products for me and I've been using them and I really love them. Well, tell me about your experience. Um, So I was, as we often find with these uh, promotion, like with the different products that you and I use, you have more rules and then I'm more like, lay it on me. I don't really care. Whatever you want to do, throw it at yeah, me, you're lady. Like a, you're like a guinea pig, and I'm like, I don't want this, 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 and this, and these are my, yeah, I'm very So specific. it just goes to show, though, it's for the spectrum of personalities. Uh, for me, I was just like, I have dry skin sometimes, and also I'm afraid of getting wrinkles one day. So what do you got for that? And she sent me three products. Cool. And I'm like totally getting into a skincare routine now. I love that you have a skincare routine. It's just... It's just not like you, but I love it. I love the new you. I know. Isn't my skin glowing? It really does look good. I was going to tell you. Um, well, guys, you can have great skin too. For 20% off your first order, visit beautybydesign.com slash single and then use our promo code single. That's uh, only valid for first time customers, but give them a try. 20% off your first order. Visit beautybydesign.com slash single and use our promo code single. Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Well, convenient that Hallie brought up Viagra before because we're talking about female Viagra this week. I was reading Everything You Need to Know About Female Viagra by Kristen Dold in Cosmo. Sexy. Thank you very much. Um, So she wrote about how female Viagra is making a comeback. Three years ago, if you guys remember, um, there was this pink little pill called Addie, and it was nicknamed the female Viagra. Um, and it didn't really take off. It was the first prescription medication ever approved by the FDA to help women with low sex drives. The reason it didn't go anywhere was the developer was sold um, right after they like were greenlit. And then the price was really high. There was a lack of awareness among doctors. So like fewer than 10% of pharmacies kept it in stock. But they're trying again. Um, Hallie, do you know much about this? the Addy? I, I've heard a little bit about it. I heard it wasn't super effective, yep, but I don't yep. know. Uh, so that's pretty much... That's correct. That is correct. Um, in case anybody is interested, it's uh, cheaper now. It's a maximum out-of-pocket fee of $99 per month, which that's that's steep for me. But um, So they said it's for p- approximately 1 in 10 women suffer from a disinterest in sex, and that's different than just like losing interest in your partner or being depressed. Like It's an actual... Disorder called hypoactive sexual desire disorder or HSDD, and it affects everyone, not just like older women. Because, like, you think of Viagra being for older men, this is it affects women in their 20s and 30s, whether you're in a relationship or not. Um, and so, does it work? The answer is meh. 
there was a study in 2016 that said there was minimal to no change, uh, which meant like uh, one additional satisfying sexual event every two months. But they did say like if you have no sex drive, that is an improvement. But also... I guess having sex like six times a year. Right. That's what that would be. Is like... Yeah, wanting to have sex six times a year. You're like, whoa, better than nothing. Right, right. if you're going from zero to six. But it did say that 40% of women with HSDD don't respond at all. And also there are side effects. You'd be like nauseous and fatigued and dizzy. You can't drink on it. It makes all those uh, symptoms worse. So really tough out there for the ladies with HSDD. I think it's like like how it works. Like when you're like turned on, you know, like you can feel the kind of blood rushing. But unlike like Viagra works because it blood rushes to the penis. But Addy, it doesn't affect your actual organs. So it's right. like it's like more of like a. I'm assuming it works maybe like more like mentally. I I'm don't, I don't not know. sure. I just know that yeah, it doesn't do the blood rush the way um, Viagra does. Um, not that, not to keep pushing the satisfier, <laughs> but hey, doesn't that pull all your blood to that area? Yeah, I mean, what was interesting is that when you and I both tried the satisfier, which were they're not even a sponsor of our freaking show, <laughs> we, not an ad, <laughs> but both you and I, we weren't like turned on and we weren't in the mood, right? Like you right. were, you were like, "Fuck, I got to get this over with to like test this out for our podcast." Right, it was like homework, and I was like, I was, like, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do my homework before Angela and I go in for a pitch meeting." So I have like, I got 10 minutes. Let's see if this thing can work in 10 minutes. It's like neither of us had like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm so horny right now. I want to like, like have some alone time, you know? You weren't super horned up to meet me for a meeting. No, it was just like, (laughs) let's do this test for the podcast. All right, let's just do it. And then like when the blood rush, then I was like, all right, now I'm in the mood. You know? Right. I don't know. Do you have any like sex toy wise? Do you have any sex toy recommendations for women that like have a low sex drive yeah aside from well and i want to make a point too like the i think vibrators should be covered by health insurance right they used to be medical devices exactly and so you know this these pills are but most women get off like who've never they used to give vibrator therapy to women who've never had an orgasm so i think that should come back but as far as uh, aside from like the satisfier and things like that Hitachi Magic Wand. It's a classic. It's still... How does that work? How does the wand... Hitachi. Hitachi. It's like a... It looks... It's huge. It's like three foot long handle. It's um, cordless, if you get the cordless version. It's got a big silicone head that looks like... um, Almost like a tennis ball. Oh, I think I've seen this in... um, What's the, the show on... Netflix or Amazon with uh, Gillian. Oh, love, oh, love, Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gillian. Ja- Wait, Hitachi. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up and see if it's done. <laughs> she uses it with like Paul Rust in a early. Ep- yep, it's it is. But the, hers has the cord, and it literally looks like I have this giant vibrator for like when I was having like back or hip, like you know, like and it <laughs> an looks, actual massager, like an actual massager, and it genuinely looks the exact same. Yeah, like yeah, that's it's, how it's sold. It's yeah. the Hitachi magic wand that she like pulls out. I think like the first or second time they have sex on the sh- on the TV <laughs> show, and I was like, that thing's huge. Is that really necessary? Um, but but you say it works. Yeah, they're like comically large. They the are. Car, it's insane. It's not like like the satisfier and some like I'm a very aesthetic person. Like I only buy <laughs> sex toys that are like pretty that you could like that you'd want to like put on display. 
You would not want to put this thing on display. <laughs> no, it's not beautiful. And I mean, like the sex toys now, I don't, do you know Dame products like the Eva and. Well, we just did like, we recently did an episode where we did a roundup of like sex toys designed by women. Yeah. And it seems like there's a shift towards like having more aesthetically pleasing sex toys because women are getting involved and they're like, we like pretty stuff. Yeah, we do like pretty <laughs> stuff. We like design. We like fashion. Like our sex toys can look pretty. Yeah, and they no longer look like big, realistic dicks. Like that right. was men's idea of what women want. Right. I don't want your dick. Like, <laughs> I don't want to look. I don't want a sex toy that looks like your dick. When I, I want my, a my sex- satisfier looks like a penguin. By the way, yeah, <laughs> I want a sex toy that looks like a stiletto shoe or something yeah. beautiful. Okay, maybe not a stiletto. That maybe sounds not. painful. Yeah, but, that does. But, but uh, my penguin, my yeah, penguin. Yeah, I want something pretty. <laughs> Um, well, interesting. I guess it sounds like, I mean, it's good that Addie's making a comeback if it's going to help some women, but it sounds like it's not that effective. So, right. But, but you know, I, if you're having chubs, yeah, if you're really struggling, hurt. maybe you could also like try a combination of this with one of the sex toys we talked about yeah. to get there you in you the mood. Uh, you want to know what I've been reading? Yeah. Also Cosmo. Sexy. You know, ever since Cosmo put us in their magazine recently, we've been on a Cosmo streak. Yeah, we're giving them a lot of love. Yeah. Um, but I'm giving them extra love because this article was written by a girl, Julie Vadnell. She's oh. our friend. She writes for Cosmo. She's been on the podcast before. Um, she wrote their, their Kama Sutra book. This is She wrote about why first dates are going extinct. Only 44% of, at- of unattached people went on an official first date last year, according to Match's 8th Annual Singles in America survey. So she writes, you know, this raises the question, when did first dates begin to die off? She went to the experts. Helen Fisher, a PhD of biological, uh, she's a biological anthropologist. She says the first date is now seen as an expenditure of time, money, and energy. Instead, couples are starting out as friends or friends with benefits and getting to know each other or having sex before even going out to dinner. But Julie writes, here's the truth. If you're looking for love that will last long term, going on a real first date as in Meeting one-on-one in a public place at a certain time with an actual agenda is still the best way to find it. She interviews a bunch of experts to say why she thinks first dates, you know, should not die off. Um, But here's the most important reason that I found in her article. She says there's no mixed messages. So unlike an agreement to chill, which can be seen as friend zoning or or like a hookup move, move, which we get a lot of emails like, am I in the friend zone? Like, how do I make it clear I'm interested in like my work buddy or whatever it is she says making an official plan with someone screams this is a date uh justin garcia who's a who is a phd and sex re- researcher at the kinsey institute says it sets the expectations that you're both looking for something more than a fling um and she writes you know research shows that couples who make intentional decisions about romantic transitions early on end up having more successful marriages than those who take a more vague approach so if you're unsure if an invite to get tacos is an ask out respond is this a date to establish that indeed it is but i'm I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts um do you have you found with like angela friends or i don't even we haven't even asked you are you are you uh tied down yeah yeah i have a boyfriend and did he ask you out on a first date oh god no because it's a very complicated story and he was my professor oh so he couldn't or he had, did he have to wait till you graduate yeah technically uh, yeah okay. so it was very complicated but um yeah so but i think that like the first date it's kind of like an old-fashioned idea that like you 
need to like have a date as opposed to sleep with someone like for them to take you seriously. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I mean, I think any in-person thing is better than um, texting forever, whether it's that you're sleeping together, or going on a first date. Um, uh, yeah. But Ian and you had a first date. Oh, yeah, we did. A very clear first date. And Ian, I mean, maybe I'm just an old-fashioned gal. It depends on what you're looking for. But uh, with Ian, because I had been going on like a lot of like Tinder and OkCupid dates, whatever, it was the first like kind of real date where like somebody paid for my dinner, like wasn't even a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we went somewhere afterwards. Like it was a very fleshed out evening. You know, I feel the same way about Nick. So it makes it's very encouraging that apparently research says that more successful marriages uh, happen from those who make intentional decisions about like early romantic transitions, you know? Well, I think it just makes you, you're your best self because you're not spending time worrying about like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. And like, and then maybe that bleeds into the rest of your relationship or like the rest of the time you're like, oh, things are kind of murky. I like never really know where we're at. Yeah, you just feel a little bit more confident because you're already starting off on like a, a solid footing. I mean, I remember after I met Nick and we had like exchanged numbers and like I had, I emailed him because he gave me his card at the party. Um, he had first been like, oh, hey, I want to like meet up like out and about. And I remember like very consciously being like, no, I'm I really <laughs> like this guy. And we're not just going to do one of these like late night meetups. And he didn't mean it that way. He was just like it was like holiday party season. He's like, hey, let's like meet up at a bar. He's like making it casual. And I kept being like, no, no, <laughs> I like have a friend's party. I can't. And then he sent me like a very formal like, would you like to go on a date? Here's a link to a restaurant that I found near you I've made reservations and then I was like yes and then we had a very (laughs) official first date and then look at us now look at you now kid marriage the whole shebang (laughs) if that's what you're looking for make sure you go on first dates I I enjoy and you know what they're fun it's just more fun to meet up with somebody in person do do you think guys should pay for the first date I know there's a debate among women about this we have debated this. Okay. We have so much on the episode. <laughs> I think it's so situational, personally. Like, I, I think it, a lot of it depends on like who does the asking out. Um, yes, I also think that like um, like on I mentioned that Ian paid for dinner on our first date, but then when we went to a bar afterwards, I paid for drinks. Like, I think Great. it should be like that. I think it should always be even. You shouldn't expect one person to do everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we're modern women who, like, make... But, like, I do think that there's something... It's, like, a little bit of, like, the, that courting, you know? And, like, who does the asking out should should maybe, like, make the first the first move. And I also... I, I want to, like... I want to kill off the, like, fake... Oh, here. Let me pay. Because it's just, like... It's not... It's not... Um, it's disingenuous, you know? And then if a guy actually accepts it, then you're like stewing and you're brewing and you're like, what the fuck? I didn't I didn't actually mean it, but they're supposed to read your mind. And, and I am so guilty of doing that for years. Yeah. Oh, I did it. I think on every single on every date. single date. You're like, oh, do you want me to? And I guess I I mean, I guess I still do that if like we're on like like Angela and I, if we're on like a work meeting, like and, and there's yeah. and the, like a bill comes for like coffee and it's like we're meeting with some, I don't know, some some like whatever like a coffee meeting with some producer whatever i'll be like oh hey do you want me to do you want us to pay and we know we don't mean it it's like right. a polite thing to do because i think we don't want to come off in like days or in the, yeah exactly you don't want to be presumptuous right that's true i guess maybe that is the reason that that we they, I'm, I'm like i hate the disingenuous offer but then i still do it today just in different contexts that's such a good point 
Yeah, you don't want to be like a like a you don't want to come across as like a, I assume everyone pays for me. Right. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on the disingenuous offer of the pulling out of the wallet? I I've done that like a million times, and like you do it slowly too, you know, so yeah. that like they can say stop before it comes out. Um, I think it'd be great if we could get away from it, but I I do think there's still, and I, I you guys might disagree with this this assumption like when men pay for something that you have to you know put out. Um, I don't know if that assumption is still there. I'm sure maybe in the back of people's heads, but yeah. like it should not be there. No. I agree. It should not be there. And I don't know like, if people still have that. I think it's, I'm sure it's still exists, but like, it's like, cool, you bought me like a $10 beer. Like, doesn't mean I have to make out with you. That should never be. The not case. at all. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I guess maybe that, that's still like in the back of their head. They're like, oh, I feel bad. They paid for my dinner, but get rid of those thoughts well that's why we've seen like stories go viral where like a guy takes a girl out for coffee and then contacts her when it doesn't work out and it's like oh i want my money back for the coffee right. like those things go viral because that thinking is ridiculous i mean i guess i guess like it, i'm trying to think back on I've, I've brought up this date before but i went on like one brunch date with one guy that from like match.com like years ago and the date was so bad because i had just gotten out of a breakup and i was not in like a right place and there was zero chemistry on the date and uh and he had picked the brunch place so he was kind of the like instigator of like the the date so normally i might have been like i might have done the like oh do you want me to pay but i just knew there was no chemistry so i was i was like so at i was like we're splitting this it was like no ifs, ands, or buts. And so, and he was like, and he, it, he was so nice and it, he was very friendly and it was, he was sweet, but it was just so mutually no chemistry at all that I think in that situation, I was just like, you're not paying for my brunch because I, I feel wrong about it. And like, we both know this isn't going anywhere. So I, we split the brunch. So I guess maybe if you like really know you're not into someone, just like pull out the wallet in like such a forceful way. That they know you're not doing the like, oh, right? Maybe. And that wasn't you didn't do that because you were like, I don't want him to think I owe him something. You no. were just like, I wanted, I did it because I like. Let's want pretend it. this never happened. Let's not lose any more money than we have to. A hundred percent. Yes, that. Yes, you're right. To be clear, that was my thinking. It wasn't like, oh, if he pays for my brunch, I'm gonna have to make out with him, even though there's no chemistry. No, it was just like, let's just go our separate ways, where you have not lost any of your the money in your the bank from this right. no chemistry <laughs> brunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's a complicated. Yeah. I, I hope the first date doesn't die out though. Yeah. But wait, to answer your, it was your own question. What, what are your thoughts on who should pay for the first date? So I feel like as a feminist, I should say that women should pay on the first date or they should split it. But I still do have that kind of like old school view that the man should pay for the first date. And I still would judge someone if they didn't offer to pay for the first date. Uh, and I don't know if that's fair, uh, but if where that idea, you know, if it comes from society or whatever, but I, I still kind of feel that way. Yeah, I feel like we're, yeah. we're all in like the same kind of uh, Venn diagram. And I don't uh -huh. think it makes us bad feminists, you know, yeah. we're, every, every, it's, we're doing, we're, we're making it work for our <laughs> We're modern women <laughs> trying to make it work, okay? On that note, it is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Homesick Candles. Homesick.com candles provide warm, glowing reminders of the special times, people, and places of your life. Uh, they are 
really, really cool because they have all these really fun names. They've got ones that say like New York and Long Island and all that kind of stuff. But then they also have candles called like Backyard Barbecue yes. and Beach House. They have like a campfire one. Uh, I don't know. What were some of your other favorites? They also have like a limited edition USA one that, that smells like watermelon. It's They're just so fun. Like I was really thinking if I'm going to a backyard barbecue, I, I always bring like a gift, you know, like maybe I'll bring like usually a pack of beer. But how fun would it be if I bring a candle that says backyard barbecue as the gift to the party? It instead? would be insanely appropriate. Wouldn't that be so cool? They have homesick candles for all 50 states and dozens of the most famous countries and cities of the world. There's a scent for many of life's most memorable experiences and holidays, too. And what I love about it is that means they make great gifts. Like if you have a friend that is moving, if you have a friend that's going off to school, they're being deployed in the military, weddings, anniversaries, whatever, like if you want to remind them of their hometown, you send them a homesick candle and it'll smell like their hometown. I have a Long Island one. You know, yeah, sometimes I miss the suburbs and my Long Island candle smells like credit cards because that's <laughs> apparently what Long Island smells like. And honestly, they're right. <laughs> that's so funny. But like a good type of credit cards. It's yeah. just, it's very funny and they're so fun. I, I'm really very into these. As anyone, if you know me, I've got like candles all around my house. I'm a big candle person. Guys, go to homesick.com to find every single one of the 50 United States candles plus dozens of classic U.S. cities and popular countries of the world shipped direct to you and your friends or family in just days. Right now, our listeners can get free shipping plus $10 off when you buy two or more candles. Just visit homesick.com and use our code SINGLE. That's homesick.com and use our code SINGLE. We would like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamins and supplement packs right to your door. And it's so easy. I love subscriptionizing my life so I don't have to open all those different bottles. And I just traveled for this weekend. Um, it was actually our first trip away with the baby. And I just threw the vitamin packs into my suitcase and it was so easy. Yeah. And you know, vitamins can be overwhelming. You don't know what to take. So I love that Care Of just makes everything simple. You can even track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. They're incentivizing you to be healthy. And your monthly subscription box can be easily modified at any time. And if you're a vegan or vegetarian, they have supplement options available to match your dietary needs. Everything is so easy and great. You can cancel and pause it at any time. Also, we're hooking it up for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Visit takecareof.com and enter our promo code, which is this is Y T H I S I S W H Y. That's 25% off your first month order of personalized care of vitamins. Visit takecareof.com and enter our promo code, this is why. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay, first up, we have an app message sent to us from a listener who was corresponding with a guy named Mark. They were joking about thumb wrestling, and here's what happened next. Would you like to role play with me? Yeah, we're going to role play this app message, and then after afterwards, we've got two questions for Hallie to help us answer. Yeah. But but we, we didn't want to miss this one. Uh, all right, you be the, the girl, so you be the blue. Okay, so yeah, the background, they were talking about thumb wrestling. So she was like, oh, you are on with a thumbs up emoji. Ha. What does that mean exactly? We are both Hebrews. Thumb wrestling challenge, LOL. Oh, I'll murder you. 
Oh, wow. Okay, that turned dark, LOL. Can you believe that I haven't been with a Jewish woman since I lost my virginity in 10th grade? LOL. With my thumb. Not my knife, silly. I will be fast and gentle. Hey, where did you go? Want to hang out? Um, okay. I love you. <laughs> Those responses were also spread out over a couple days. I just don't understand how, how, oh, right. Yeah, good point. Those, the I last love you ones, came like 24 hours later. Um, I just don't understand how like a lighthearted, fun joking about how you're going to like thumb wrestle with a potential date turns so dark. It just seems like something, things were going well. It, it, it was and easier then, to not fuck up and he chose to fuck up. Yeah, that was bizarre. I don't know why that conversation went that way. But thanks for sending it in because it's so weird. Yeah. She was like down to thumb wrestle with you on the first day. Things were going to go great. And then you had to like joke about murdering her and your virginity with your thumb, not your knife. Like it just got scary. Too much, too much. She was smart to just walk away disappear yeah all right what do we have in the mailbox now for hallie to help us answer okay first up we have an email from rose rose says i'm contacting you guys about a new guy i recently started seeing i met him through okcupid he's my age they're both 24 and he is as inexperienced as i am in the past i'm used to being attracted to guys that are at least a little bit more experienced than me so i can follow their lead for better or worse this time around, we both we are both novices. From what he's told me, he hasn't really been in a formal relationship either. I get so worried about messing things up or things going south. I had my first makeout session with him recently, and there was too much tongue, all in caps. Um, it wasn't bad overall, though. Even he felt like he was doing something off, but I was too shy to correct or direct him on the spot. It makes me anxious thinking about how it may be like if I lose my virginity to him. This new guy wouldn't dream of pushing me out of my comfort zone, but sex still scares me. I'm scared of pain and it being awful. Am I overthinking everything? Can two inexperienced people work? Am I too anxious to be in a relationship? Is there something I should be thinking when I have these thoughts? Uh, Hallie. Yeah. Uh, I think sex makes everyone anxious, regardless of how much experience they've had. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so I think these thoughts are completely normal. And um, and this is like cliched advice, but communication, you know, and always starting with something positive, like, I like this aspect of your kissing, but, you know, the tongue was a little extreme. Let me show you how. Uh, people are much more receptive to advice when you give the positive first. So yeah, I think I think more communication. Yeah, and like highlighting the stuff she does like and being like, I like when you do this. I wonder how, I mean, she, yes, she says she's a virgin, but she keeps, she still considers herself inexperienced, but she mentions that she's been with other people who were more experienced that kind of like taught her some stuff. So I, it seems to me like maybe she's not as, in, she has, made it being an experience part of her identity in a way whereas like she's been with people who have like taught her stuff or whatever she's not necessarily a novice anymore you know right. i think maybe it's also like a confidence thing and she needs to like strip away that identity of like i am a novice and i am inexperienced just because you haven't had sex doesn't make you some like oh god i don't know how to kiss i don't know what i'm doing you know like you you've been with like a couple people like just have some confidence in the bedroom to like speak your mind, communicate like Hallie says, and and you know 
and it's great that the, that this guy's not going to push you out of your comfort zone. That should be a given, but it's great you know that, so you feel comfortable with him going into it. So you can like kind of slowly like talk each other through things. And to address her like worry about it being painful, um, I don't know. Do you have any tips for like? pain-free sex i mean i feel like lube maybe is a good idea because they might she might be nervous and lube is the most unrelated sex i mean un um underrated sex product in the world lube should always be a part like right by your bedside table though dogs like to chew on lube bo- lube bottles my really? dog my dog hasn't thank god really oh, maybe it's just lulu i don't mean to throw her <laughs> under the bus <laughs> no i don't have sex without lube it, it is like the best whether like yeah it doesn't matter what's happening down there can never happen now. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's been, you know, yeah, lube is the best. And are you a silicone or like uh I use like this like all natural organic one. Good for you. Yeah. It, water-based probably. Probably water-based. Yeah. Uh, it's called Sliquid. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good brand. Oh, good. Yeah. I found about it. I found out about it on Goop. Oh. So you know it's good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I am personally in favor of silicone like lube but uh you can't use it with silicone toys so if you're um you can't mix it too but one thing about like being worried about the inexperienced part um the idea of divine defining your virginity through whether you've had intercourse with a man that's kind of like a bad harmful definition i think like um that's there are other ways of being sexual experience and like she said you are sexually experienced in other ways um and yes, so about the first time as well, like my first time was really painful and I thought I had an iron vagina. Um, and like I remember talking to my friends about or iron like hymen. Um, so uh, so if it's painful, you might just have like an intact hymen. That's fine. But use a lot of lube, have lots of foreplay. Cunnilingus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Let right. us know how it goes if you feel so so comfortable and inclined. Yes. He sounds like a great guy. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Yes. Uh, what else do we have in the mailbox? Okay. This is from Amanda. Amanda says, first off, I love your show so much. I look forward to it every Wednesday. It brightens my week. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Um, she says, my question isn't particularly dating related, but I know you stress the importance of maintaining good friendships on the show. And that's why my, what my question is about. I recently scored my dream job in a city with a very competitive job market. However, one of my closest friends also applied. She is crushed that she didn't get an interview, even though she sent in her resume three days late. It's been... Uh, she's putting in a little like... She's she's confused at why. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. We see that shade. We see that shade. <laughs> um, so it's been about two months since I started the application process and I just got the offer. How do I tell her I low-key swept her dream job out from under her? She's a super emotional person who can hold a grudge like you wouldn't believe. First of all, she didn't sweep the job from out under her. There's probably a hundred other people that applied. If it wasn't the if it wasn't what's her name? Amanda getting the job, it would have been random Bridget from some that right. friend doesn't know. Anyways, but keep going. Okay. So I feel so guilty. I've barely been able to get excited about this huge step in my career. Do you have any advice on how to break the news to her gently? Should I butter her up with gelato slash chocolate or is that too transparent? Hallie, what do you say? Oh God. You're this- a career lady. Uh- what what would uh what would you do? What would you do? In this situation, if my friend and I had applied for the same job, I would, and I don't think this is necessarily the best advice, but I would like, um, 
apologize like and say I had some bad news like it was a death in the family and I don't think that's the right thing to do but that's probably what I know <laughs> I like your honesty realistically yeah <laughs> yeah I, that's probably what I would do but I think you know wait, so wait so walk me pretend that I'm her friend like you have bad news and like <laughs> ring 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 hi Laura uh, tell me what you say um hi I I have something to share with you okay oh god I hope you don't have cancer i might have cancer because i'm a hypochondriac so I'll, I'll google that later but uh i you know that job we both applied for you applied for the job i wanted um yeah i i did because we have similar qualifications and we're best friends yeah that's true um well i i got it you got the job I wanted? I am so sorry. I know you wanted that job. The one I I've sent my resume in three days late? <laughs> yeah, that I, I told you you needed to send it in earlier and you didn't listen to me. Oh my, I mean, I want to be happy for you, but I'm crying inside. All right. I think that was good. See, hearing that play <laughs> out though, I feel like she, I totally get the apologizing because I'm that way. But like if she apologizes, then it, it sets her up to to like be like it's okay that you're mad at me, and I don't think the friend should be mad at her. Right, that's true. Yeah. I am curious to know: Does the friend know she applied for the job? That's a big thing to yeah, me. Yeah, that's important. If she secretly, because I actually in my I wrote this girl back, I wrote Amanda back, and I actually had the first inclination as you is I started it saying, "Hey, so that job we both applied for," and then hearing you read the question again makes me rethink like wait, her friend might not even know she applied. And that's going to make telling her a whole lot fucking awkward. Because then it could be like, because if her friend knows that they both applied, then the friend is a dick if she's mad at her for getting a job that they, you know, I would just be like, hey, both applied for a job. I heard back and like crazy enough, I got the offer. I know like the application process is a bitch. Resumes end up in like a black hole. I'm like, shocked I heard back but you know like I'll try to put in like a good word or whatever you know but if her friend doesn't know she applied that's a whole different story because then let's say like that would be like you Angela being like hey so I just like you know applied for this copywriting job and like I, I'm like will you look at my resume like I'm really excited for this copywriting job and I'll be like yeah totally and then I secretly apply for the same <laughs> job that you told yeah. me about then you would like kill a bitch well that's an important piece of the puzzle like did she find out about this job through the friend because that's fucked up that is fucked up (laughs) but if she didn't find out about the job through the friend if she found out about the job through the friend and then also secretly applied i gotta say amanda like ice cream and chocolate ain't gonna do it (laughs) but but you should do the ice cream and chocolate because you're gonna need it but if they both found out about it on some like college job posting or like it was just like very clearly i just hope she told her friend she was also applying right if yeah, that's the thing. If they applied separately, like found out about it separately and applied, she didn't necessarily have to tell the friend. But if she found out about it through the friend, right. she should have told the friend. But even if they found out about it separately and she didn't tell the friend she applied, her friend's still going to think she found out about it through her because the yeah. friend was like talking about it, you know, so much. And like, it's my dream job. I hope I get it. Oh, fuck. I applied three days late. Blah. You know, like the friend was like venting about this whole thing for a while. Right. It would be like super shady if the friend was like, I just heard my resume in three days later. Whereas like if if I was saying that to you, you know, and you had secretly applied like four days ago and didn't tell me, that would be weird. So, okay. 
What if she does like kind of like a white lie and she doesn't tell her she got the job, but she's like, did I mention that I applied to that job too? Yeah, let's can't wait to find out if we both and then uh, and then like it. two weeks later. So you kind of phase into it. Yeah, she, you know? you it have softens to, the blow. You have to tell her that you applied before you tell her you got the job. Yeah. But still, if she found out about the, I don't know, man, it's hard. Uh, but I, I, I you're a good friend because you care about her reaction and you're worried enough to write in to us. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, you could say like, you know, you'll put in a good word, like I said, but be careful not to make any promises, especially since you'll need to work there for a while before you can start recommending anyone. Uh, I don't know. I'd have a tough time with this conversation too. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah, but she should at this point, you, you know, you got to be honest, even if you do the thing where you like tell her in pieces, like I suggested, like you do a little white light first and then eventually tell her the sooner you tell her the better. Yeah, uh, we hope that helps. Let us know. And also just email us to clarify whether you found out about this <laughs> job from her or not, because we want to know uh, if any of you listeners want your questions answered or if you have any funny messages you want to share, email us at contact at this is why you're single show dot com. Uh, please keep them concise. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is the history of sex toys. So we've talked about a little bit, uh, well, a lot about sex toys, but if you're new to sex toys, where should you start? What's a good website? You know, we get our sex toys from Adam and Eve, uh, but do you have any other places you like to get them? What's a good starter toy? Okay, so I am going to go back to the Hitachi Magic Wand as a starter toy. Really? That thing, that shit's intimidating. If that came in the <laughs> mail and you've never used one, I'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, um, help. <laughs> but you can put a, a, um, like a towel on it to make it less intense. But another, um, I guess also if you're like, mm, vibrators aren't for me and you bought the Hitachi, you could just use it for your back. True. Yeah, yeah. So you can always like disguise it. Another good starter toy or toy I like that um, is the Crave vibrator necklace um, because it doubles as jewelry. It's a really high quality vibrator and um, it's beautiful. Um, So I would start with that. SheVibe.com is a great place to buy vibrators. They're like all ethical, ethically sourced, good companies. Um, They've got this great comic book design on there. Um, so is, that's where I would go. Is that like the future of sex toys is like this like eco-conscious, eth- you know, ethical, beautiful design stuff we've been talking about? It seems like it. Like it seems like as more women get into the industry, like you're getting these ethically sourced things. You're getting things that would look great on a shelf that um, look like they fit in a pottery barn catalog, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the future. Um, okay, I have an important question. What is the best way to clean a sex toy? Because I never know. Yeah. Okay. So they do sell those expensive sex toy cleaners. Those are not necessary. Thank Um, God. Yes. So hot soapy water um, for most sex toys is good, but you don't want to fully submerge the motor of a sex toy in in water. And in fact, someone died with a plug-in vibrator in the early 1900s by doing this. Uh, It was still plugged in? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was a teenager. I mean, teenagers do that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I got to teach my kid. Just don't keep anything plugged in away from water. Yeah, if it has a cord. Or batteries. Yeah. Careful. No. Um, Careful. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, hot soapy water. And um, they do sell, like, these devices that you can put sex toys in, and they have, like, UV something to clean them. But keep it simple. 
Cool. And Matt to dry. On that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. So the most important thing about sex toys is that they help us put our pleasure in our own hands. Literally. Um, thanks, guys. Master. <laughs> oh, you were, you, were, you were waiting for the laugh track. Pause for applause. Um, masturbation is something we should all embrace. And we're going to have Hallie help us expand our vaginal vocabulary in a game we call Masturbation, masturbation or Popular Dance Craze. So we're going to read a phrase and you have to tell us whether it's a popular dance craze or slang for a masturbation that we found on the internet. Are you ready? Yes. Great. Laura, do you want to start? The three knuckle shuffle. Masturbation. You know it. Cabbage patch. Ooh, dance craze. Very dance good. good. The dab. Ooh, sounds like masturbation. That's your final oh, answer? Oh, yes. My final <laughs> answer. Oh, it's a dance craze. Angela, would you like, do you want to explain what kind of dance it is? Kids love to dab. They love to do the dab. It's like when, have you ever seen like kids, they look like they're fainting? Yes. And they put like their hand over their forehead. That's the dab. We sound very old right now. (laughs) (laughs) All the young people are doing it. They're dabbing. Um, Okay. The Dougie. Oh, dance. Jerkin the gherkin. Masturbation. Sure is. Pumping the python. Masturbation. Yup. Uh, running man. Dance. Visiting the bat cave. <laughs> Masturbation. The Humpty dance. Oh, dance. It should. It should be both. It, it should, should be. Both. be. It yeah. could be both. Uh, the sprinkler. Oh well, it's dance, but it should be both. <laughs> Agreed. And last but not least, polishing the pearl. Masturbation. Wow, you, you killed, nailed that. You killed this. Only one wrong. That is impressive. You sure know your masturbation <laughs> slang and, and your dance crazes. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, Thank you. Con- amazing job. Wish we had you a win. prize. You win. <laughs> uh, guys, we hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Hallie Lieberman. You can purchase her book, Buzz, on Amazon, and you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Hallie Lieberman. Uh, any other plugs we should tell people about or anything that we left out of the podcast that you want to say, last words or advice? Um, well, my next book is on gigolos. That's all I want to add. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. Wow. Um, you're going to have to like get like Rob Schneider to come with you on a book tour. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> can't uh, wait for that. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else that we left out that you that you want to add before we say saranara? I don't think so. The only, oh, well, one thing, um, in the word of Del Williams, who uh, founded the first feminist sex toy store in 1974, she said, an orgasm a day keeps the doctor away. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Hallelujah. Wonderful way to go out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A little plug for ourselves. You can check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And we also have our audio book on Audible. And guys, it's still rolling out in other countries around the world. 2018 is coming out in Romania, Romania and Taiwan. So, uh, so if you're in Romania or Taiwan, we're coming to you. Yeah, and in the meantime, get it here in the U.S. or wherever you're 
Wherever you're listening from. Yes. And you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors, including Adam and Eve, after all that sex toy talk. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're That was a HeadGum Podcast.